Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. It's time for JT The Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT The Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now... Here's JT the Bro. Oh, here we go. A final maybe two minutes in the game. 97th minute. Nine minutes of stoppage time. I don't know the players on Iran, but they are on the offensive here. Iran has the ball on the USA side here. The game's going to end here in a minute to two minutes. The United States needs to hold on. The United States needs to hold on. They're up 1-0. Iran puts it into the box. There's a shot. It gets behind the goalie, and the U.S. clears it. They clear it. Iran has the ball back. They center it in the box. Intercepted by the USA. They got to clear it. They got to clear it. Don't go backwards. They clear the zone. The ball got behind the United States goaltender with no pace. The United States able to clear it. Ball out of bounds. Nine minutes in stoppage time. It's got to be a minute or less to go. They're going to review it. They're going to review it to see if it was what? Offsides? Penalty. They're reviewing to see if it was a penalty. You got to be kidding me on this. Goalie came out, and I don't know. I don't know. The Iranian player was pushed from behind into the United States goalie. The ball got behind the U.S. goalie. Iran is pleading for a penalty. They're going to review this. Oh, my God. What a house of horrors this could be. They're saying that the Iran player is saying that they came over his back as they headed it into the box. Uh, I thought he flopped. I thought he flopped. There's no way they can overturn this. I thought he flopped. They're going to review this. They're going to review this now. Oh, no. This would be a global disaster. They're not going to give him the penalty. No review. No review. Iran's goalie's almost at midfield. He he puts it in outside the box. Iran heads it. United States clears it. They clear it back to midfield. 99th minute. 20 seconds. This should be it. Uh, uh, United States on the offensive. They get it into the box. Two on one cleared. Iran goalie saves it. 99.2, and a half minutes plus nine minutes of stoppage time. Ref, you got to stop this game. You got to stop this game if you're the ref. Why are they playing on? Iran with the ball. They clear it to an empty right side. Iran pushing. Iran pushing. Clears it to the middle. This will be their final push of the World Cup. They send it into the box. United States header clears it. That should end the game. Does that end the game? It should end the game right here. Give me a final. Give me a final, please. Final, yes. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. United States won. Iran, nil. The United States of America advances in the World Cup with a 1-0 victory over Iran. United States players enjoy on their knees on the field here. Yes. Yes, what a great moment for USA soccer. What a great moment. Not an epic game. What a great moment.
Be the first to call in live on Raider Nation Radio. Call in with your USA soccer victory calls. 702-365-9200. Ready to go. We got Levi Edwards. We'll wait for a second here, and we'll get Paul Gutierrez. And we are very excited about this. That means there's a party on Saturday. Confirmation Netherlands coming up next. Netherlands coming up on Saturday. And the United States are in the final 16 here as they advance out of the group stage. Yes, my phone is blowing up. My phone is blowing up. So there we go. How about this? And Lexi was on the show yesterday. How cool was that? What a week for us on Raider Nation Radio. Get on in here if you're an American. Even if you're not an American on Raider Nation Radio, be the first to call in as the United States advances 1-0. Man, the last four minutes of that game was wild. The Iranian players, the Iranian players are on the field with their head down, a shaking hands here as Iran was eliminated. Mick and Hayward, 25-year caller to the show. Be the first to call in on the advancement of the United States. Go ahead, Mick. Hey there, Brickster. Hey there, America. There was only three of us here at the sports bar watching this awesome match. Me, one other guy, and the bartender, the beautiful Ashley. And we're both just like wringing our hands going, come on, hold on, hold on. The Iranians are begging for fouls, not getting it. And Matt Turner in goal, just amazing, stopping shots and things. And just to watch them advance like that was so amazing. I can't wait for the next match, Brickster. You know, this is a beautiful thing because they could have given it up many times along the way, but they didn't. They held steadfast. And to score that first goal and make the Iranians chase them, that was huge. But like you said, that last four minutes was a nail-biter. So, uh, yeah, proud to be an American, proud to be a soccer supporter, and proud to be in the Brick House with you, JT. Yeah! Yes, USA advances. Yeah, I'll talk is, to you later. There's JT. a couple of big things. Thanks, Mick. First off, we didn't we didn't lose to the enemy in Iran. We didn't lose to the enemy. We were able to beat them, which is epic. That is epic. Secondly, there's more soccer to be played. The United States advances, and you have an opportunity on Saturday in Las Vegas or wherever you live to get out and have a party. To get out and have a party. I need to find out when the game is on. Need to know all of that. we got to get this down here. When is the game, which I'm getting right now, and uh, I'm excited about this. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't perfect here, but it's a win. And I get behind this. I talk World Cup. The game, ooh, no, no. 6 a.m. Pacific time? Oh, no. Oh, Saturday? Oh, then I could have a bucket of Modelo's, man. It's a global event. It's got to be 5 o'clock somewhere. 6 a.m. Pacific time against the Netherlands on Saturday. I'm going. I'm watching that. How does that work, man? Call me. Someone call me in town who owns a restaurant or bar, who has a soccer bar. How does that work? If the game's at 6 a.m., you well, we're a 24-hour city, which is great. But you got to get the staff in there about 4 in the morning, right? you got to get the staff and the bartenders in at about 4 a.m. PT's, proud partner of our show. Get after it, man. They're open 24-7. Head on out to a PT's. Man, that's going to be fun, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, I'm pumped up about this. I really uh, put a lot of emotion into this time every four years because I think it's really important for our country. I think it's important for the growth of the biggest sport in the world here in America, and I think we have to have some moments like that. 
as Levi Edwards joins us from the Raiders digital team. What was going on there? Was Eddie and all you guys watching the game there at the Raider facility? Paint a picture for me. Uh, we were. It was uh, really intense. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge soccer guy. kind of, you know, covered a couple soccer games back in college, but we were all here in the bullpen, as we call it, our social digital team, Silver and Black Productions. We were all here just chilling, rooting for USA, and it was it was tight. It was really tight, especially uh, that one play where uh, I ran, almost got that goal in past the, the goalie, and uh, homeboy had to come in and, and kick it out with like t- two minutes left to go. It was uh, for someone that is not, you know, necessarily the biggest soccer fan. It was invigorating watching that game. Uh, you know, proud of the proud of the boys, proud of the country, USA. Uh, hell of a game. It was it was intense in the bullpen, I'll tell you that, JT. That's good. I know the bullpen up there, a vibrant community of diehard sports fans and Raider employees. Great to say that. All right, Levi, you were there for, for first off, Patrick Graham's defense in the interior pass rush. I saw you tweet out about that. What you saw live when you were watching the game, looked at the tape, and what the D coordinator had to say. Uh, well, he... he basically said if we were going to win this game we have to get in geno smith's face and of course you know each team has a different you know challenge that they present seahawks have been getting maximum production from geno smith this year he led the league in completion percentage going into the game you know so it was obvious that if you give him time in the pocket to make throws he will make them and so it was huge for the defensive line to have to get after geno smith and of course, it was a kind of a roller coaster of a game. But when it mattered, when the game was on the line, those last two defensive drives in regulation and overtime, you had Max Crosby giving maximum effort. You had the interior line giving maximum effort. You had Chandler Jones who came in and got that fumble recovery earlier in the game, giving maximum effort. Those guys up front, ever since they signed Jerry Tillery, who's about to face his former team this Sunday. Ever since they got him and they've elevated Pico, they have been getting maximum production out of this interior defensive line, and I love to see it because Max also, you know, Max, he's a hell of a player. He gets all the glory. He gets all the credit for his sack totals. But he's been getting to the quarterback a lot easier these past couple of weeks with the interior pass rush they've been able to produce. Uh, Levi Edwards is our guest. So I like the way that defense is playing. I'm still uncomfortable with the middle of the field. Uh, Gino took some shots over the middle of the field. Perryman had an interception. I think the middle of the field's got to get cleaned up for Justin Herbert. We've seen him. You've seen him live play now. He's very good over the middle of the field. He can make every throw. I think when he looks at Raiders tape on defense, he's going to see a vast open area anywhere from 10 to 20 yards with tight ends and receivers running crossing routes out of the Raiders defend that uh really it comes down to what we were just specifically speaking about and that's getting after the quarterback justin Mm -hmm. herbert he can make any kind of throw that you want him to make he's very talented in that regard uh when it comes down to it you have to get after him and you have to make his vision close up and so of course you have nate hobbs coming back and and the, the linebacker room is a little thin uh with you know diablo being out and you're you know playing uh a couple of undrafted rookie free agents and Luke Masterson and Darius and Darius uh, Darian Butler, excuse me. So really, the linebacking core is a little thin. So you got to really tighten up the middle of the field with how you cover. Additionally, you have to get after the quarterback to limit his vision. If you look at Justin Herbert versus the Raiders, whenever they've been able to get adequate pressure on Herbert, whenever they've been able to give him less and less time to make throws, he has not been the same quarterback. 
And even though the Chargers have been able to find success this year, they're still winning games. That offensive line that they built around Herbert is extremely banged up. So they have to take every chance they get to get after him early and often throughout the game if they want to limit him making those middle-of-the-field passes and those bomb passes because he, he's a, as accurate as it's going to get with his balls. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. He's a great quarterback. Derek Carr's been very, very good for a long period of time. Levi, it's hard for me not to look at this matchup. It really is as Herbert versus Carr. That's what it was last year in one of the greatest regular season games of all time. It was the end of the season. It eliminated the Chargers there. So I look at this, and I get a really good feel, a really good feel that Derek's got to play at the highest level he could play at to keep the Raider hopes alive. And with Waller and Renfro being out and we're waiting for the injury report here, I guess it's next man up with Cole again, Hollins, and now Josh Jacobs, who was a lead receiver out of the backfield in Seattle. He's a receiver now, don't you see? Oh, most definitely. And uh, Amir Abdullah has been one of the most unheralded players on this roster, if you really look at it just from everything that he can do, because you get a running back, but he's not necessarily a running back. He, he comes in. And he, he catches out of the backfield. He, he's good on screens. Uh, he can come in and he can block. He's on special teams. And he has been, honestly, pretty damn good in, in special teams these past couple of weeks with kick returns, punt returns. Uh, he plays with a lot of effort even when covering kicks and punts. He, he plays with maximum effort. He's just a guy that does it all for the Raiders. He's kind of a, an, ex, an X factor, as you would say for this team and Foster Moreau coming through clutch. And I knew that Foster would have to be the guy in big situations with Waller being out. And he proved to me last season, he could be that guy when Waller was out for that six game stretch. And so, you know, what Foster is doing has not surprised me. He's needed to step up uh, when it matters the most. And he did on that touchdown from uh, DC. It was a dime in, in the back of the end zone. And, you know, it was a really big makeup play for him after dropping that ball on third down so foster uh he's stepping up and has been stepping up keelan cole made a couple of really clutch catches and also another guy kind of like amir who does a little bit of everything in the kicking game so really you know everybody's going to be looking at Devonte. Devonte is the guy that everyone knows you know is going to get is going to get the most in attention so when you have everybody on Devonte, what are those other guys going to do mm-hmm. to win those games and I really loved what I saw from Mack and Foster and Keelan and Amir to win that game when they tried to take Devontae as much out of the equation as possible. Levi Edwards is our guest from the Raiders digital team. He's at every press conference, practice, all right there. So, Levi, I saw you tweet out about number one in rushing yards, number one in your heart. When it goes to the rushing leaders now, this is very important, very important rec- record to have. Josh Jacobs has the lead with 1,159 yards, and that lead is over Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. This is an important record to have. Now, it's an individual record, but the offensive line gets a lot of credit for helping him get to those open holes. I'd like to see him win this. I can't predict playoffs for the Raiders, but I think this would be a great milestone for Josh Jacobs, who will remain the workhorse back for the Silver and Black. As long as Josh Jacobs can walk, he will be the workhorse back of this team. And, you know, kudos to Josh Jacobs for making me and a lot of the media look like clowns this absolute season because I remember coming into training camp, you look at the Raiders drafting two running backs, they bring in Bolden, they bring in Amir, and you kind of think to yourself, okay, well, it's going to be 
a committee system in the running back room. They're going to, you know, bring in some guys to kind of take off, take the weight off of Jacobs a little bit. who suffered from injuries the past couple of years. Complete clown assumption for me to make. He has played and looked better than ever. He looks like a man on the mission, possessed uh, to, to earn the respect of his coaching staff, the respect of his teammates, the respect of all of us as, as fans in the media. He wants our respect, and he's earning it this season. And the office aligned a unit that kind of got clowned on and ragged on uh, coming into the season. A lot of people didn't think that they would be able to play up to par to be able to add to the success of the weapons around Garrett Carr, and they have completely shut that down as well with the way Andre James has been playing. You have two rookies in Parham and Munford really balling out. You have Colton Miller, who's doing his thing on the uh, the left side. You have a a lot of really productive play. Also, Jermaine Illuminor, who's been playing pretty well the past couple of weeks. Just a a really good all-around effort from the offensive line. You know, Josh Jacobs, he's leading the league in rushing this for a reason. He can't do it by himself. He has an offensive line that at most times throughout the season has given him at least five yards to carry a ball without even getting touched. So you have to give credit to those big guys because they're helping him do it just as much as he is. All right, Levi, as we wrap it up, I'm looking at this game a little bit differently than other people. I think you know the Raiders have to be perfect. they got to run the table most likely to make the playoffs. The Chargers don't. But if the Chargers lose this game to go to 6-6, six and six, their path is going to be really hard to get in. I, I think this is going to be a ferocious game. I think everything's on the line for the Chargers because of their record here, their ability to go and have seven wins and really think about closing in on the wild card. I think the Raider fans and the players got to think of it that way. Win the game because that's the goal, but really put the Chargers in harm ways after this. Because I got the standings in front of me. Chargers can't afford to lose many more games. No, they can't. And when you when it comes down to it, this is going to be a crucial win for, for either team. I think the biggest difference between this Raiders team and the Chargers team is just uh, those last two, three minutes of the game where I believe that, you know, when i just looking at the Chargers and how they played their games this season, honestly, the Raiders could be – it could literally be the reverse. Like, the Raiders could be 7-4 and four or 6-5, and five, and the Chargers, they could be 4-7 and seven or 3-8. Or and eight. But the, the difference is that the Chargers' ability to close out games this season has been remarkable compared to the Raiders. And so it's really going to come down to the wire and the Raiders, even in that first game, against the Chargers, it came down to the wire. It came down to the last possession with Derek Carr having the ball in his hands. So you know with these kind of games under these circumstances, it's going to be a knockout, you know, drag-down fight. And so it really is going to come down to what is going to happen, who is going to make plays at the end of the game to give the other team the edge. Because when you look at it, if the, if the Raiders win this game, they're one game behind the Chargers for second place in the division. And then after that game, even on the short week, they get a Rams team that has had their difficulties and their struggles this year as well. So if you can go into this game, get a win at home straight, that's a lot of momentum moving forward. And so it's going to be extremely crucial for both of these teams to win this game. Thanks, Levi. I'll see you on Thursday. Thanks so much for your help here. Thank you. I'll see you on Thursday, JT. Thank you. All right. Levi Edwards from the Raiders digital team there. All right. I'm open until Paul Gutierrez, and I'd like to hear from 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 some soccer fans. 
some Raider fans who are soccer fans, the United States just won. It's very important that I do a sports talk show here, not just the Raiders show on stuff like this. Very important to me, my mental health, that we're talking about USA winning this game. Okay? No filler here. United States just won the World Cup. We won't have another one for four years. Get on the phones, and what does this mean to you as a soccer fan and a Raider fan? The big soccer vibrant community. Every tournament, club tournament in the world is in Vegas every weekend. I know there's some, how about a soccer mom? You know what we'll do? I'm very generous today. I'm going to give away two $50 Grimaldi's gift cards, but one has to be to a soccer mom. It's got to be a female. Soccer mom out there, 702-365-9200. The impact on the World Cup win over Iran for the United States, 702-365-9200. I'm giving away some pie. Best pizza I ever had. Grimaldi's United States advances. They'll be playing Saturday at 6 in the morning. Just heard from our proud partner, PTs. 60 locations in the Valley. It'll be on every one with the sound up. Okay, that's important. Sound will be up at all 60 locations in the Valley. PT's proud partner of our show. This is Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Remy Martin, the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. JT, back with you. Still looking for a soccer call. Biggest sport in the world. Anybody out there listening? Anybody? Bueller? United States just won. Uh, get me a soccer fan on this show. A United States soccer fan. 702-365-9200. Paul Gutierrez will join us in about 15 or 20 minutes. The Raider Insider. As the United States just won, and they are now in the round of 16, the knockout round, they will play the Netherlands Saturday, coming up here at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m., Pacific. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I wish that was on noon Pacific, 3 Eastern for television here, considering that corrupt Qatar, right? It's so corrupt and the United States is the biggest. I don't, I don't think the United States has the biggest television audience at all when it comes to this globally. So maybe they're parking us right there and that's where we deserve to be. Uh, they'll take on the Netherlands and the Netherlands beat Senegal 2-0. They tied Ecuador 1-1, and then they beat Qatar, the host country, 2-0. First time in the knockout stage since 2010 for the United States. So this is pretty rare. I know Raider fans are soccer fans. I know many of them are because we've been to these soccer games here at Allegiant Stadium with the greatest teams in the world that have come to play here. So, again, we want to hear from a soccer fan or two on top of the Raider talk that we have. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through on this. And also, I'd like to know how you're going to party for this. I think that's an important question here. You stay up all night? You soccer fans set a wake-up call for 4 a.m.? You play in the Netherlands, who are a great soccer country. And I'm assuming the United States are going to be the underdog in this game. I'm assuming that. But I don't know. The United States hasn't played well in this tournament. United States have played uh, twice in the first half really well and then non-eventful in the second half. I still believe that the United States' best soccer is in front of them. I would hope it would be. But we're going to have to see if they show up and, and do this. But now I have no more complaints, Demond. I have no more complaints because they won and they got to the knockout stage. And this is a very important point. I could tie it into the Raiders. Raiders made it to the playoffs last year and didn't win a game. 
Okay, that's tough. They got there, but they didn't win. So when you say, has Derek Carr won a playoff game, that would be no. He's led the team to the playoffs twice, but they haven't won. So in football, I want to see playoff victories. Here I don't. The United States is going to win the World Cup. So they needed to get to this knockout stage here. You believe that's a victory. I do believe that it's a victory because what it means for the United States men's football team on the world level. Yes. Not to say that, hey, we have arrived, but it's that it's that statement win that says – Take them seriously. Take the United yeah. States seriously when it comes to football around the world. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the Netherlands. Shoot, like their best player, Robin Van Persie, he's 40 years old now. He's not on the team. For my knowledge growing up, he was the best player the Netherlands ever had, but he's not even on the team anymore. So I right. don't even know who their best player is. I know that they have Memphis. He's big in the Premier League, but he hasn't scored a goal in this World Cup. So I really don't know too much about this Netherlands team, but for the United States, making it to the round of 16, it's a win to me. Sounds like you know a lot. So just get into your Netherlands <laughs> research, and you'll be ready to go. 702-365-9200. Sean, after USA, soccer advances to the knockout round. What do you think, Sean? Hey, JT. Thanks for having me on, brother. I'm a longtime listener, man. I'm 48 years old, diehard Raider fan, and I've listened to your show every day. But you wanted a soccer fan. I coach my son, actually, 10 and he plays comp soccer, so we're big-time soccer mm-hmm. fans in the house, too. So this is an exciting game. I know the U.S. team is awfully young. I think they're averaging at 23 years old. But it's just showing that U.S. soccer is coming a long way. If, if these players are this young, we have a bright future looking forward and going ahead. And uh, and go, go Raiders, buddy. It's been a tough season, but listening to your show and listening to you keeps us fans and the Raider Nation going, brother. Thank Have a good you. holiday. Appreciate it. Thanks for the soccer call. At least I know it exists. I'm like an explorer that just came over a, a mountain range and didn't know that anything was there. And I'm exploring Raider Nation Radio to try to find a soccer fan. I even bribed them with pizza. Got to find out if these guys are local. I'm giving away $50 Grimaldi gift cards to a soccer mom. It's got to be a woman getting one of them because I'm not giving two out to the guys. I, I value the Grimaldi gift cards, but I want to give them to the audience. So we need a soccer mom to call in who, who loves soccer and loves the United States advancing. So I'm getting some texts from my buddies who are listening, and they're like, JT, what are we doing for the 6 a.m. start time? Mm, okay, well, I got to work Sunday pretty early for the Raider game, and then Saturday night, a uh, big event here. Uh, I, I think it says 6 a.m. Yeah, no, that's 6 a.m. 6 a.m. coverage. We need to find out if that's 6 a.m. coverage, 7 a.m. start. That's what I'm getting also there. I think it's 6 a.m. start. But then again, that means the pregame would have to start at 5 a.m. Pacific time for us out here. You know, you get up, they have breakfast at Wimbledon. You get up for that. And at times they give you sporting events. And for all of us out here, Western uh, Pacific time, excuse me, we're used to getting up early for those London games, right? Those London games start at what time? 6 a.m.? Around there, too, or a little bit later than that. So, you know, Bloody Mary at the start of the game and the ability to go out and watch your team play. And this is your team. That's one of the things we all have in common. Not everybody listening here is a Raider fan. We got fans from other teams, but everybody should be a USA soccer fan. So we're excited. And again, I'm plugging my proud partner, PTs, because they're open. <laughs> they're open, man. They have the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. I'm sure they're going to have some specials and a lot happening here, as there should be a vibrant audience, especially on the East Coast. For those on the East Coast, that's going to be great. Yeah, so the pregame correction is at 6 a.m. The start is at 7 a.m. Ooh, okay, that makes it a little bit better. 
Yes, 7 a.m. start time makes it a little bit better. Uh, Vince in North Las Vegas. Hey, Vince, how you been? Thanks for waiting. What's up, JT? Um, I hear, yeah, I just got done watching the U.S. men's soccer game. I'm 20, 29 years old, uh, out of North Las Vegas, big Raider fan. To get real quick about the U.S. versus the Netherlands, mm-hmm. oh, this is no, there, this is a big, big, big game. We are definitely underdogs. I talk soccer all the time with some of my coworkers. We're all big soccer fans, and some of my coworkers actually like the Netherlands. I like the Netherlands too. You got Memphis Depay; mm-hmm. he's no joke. You got Frank De Jong out of Barcelona; he's no joke. You got Virgil Van Dyke; he is uh, one of the top defenders in the world, one of the top uh, center backs in the world, and um, he's going to be a vital part in playing those set pieces and corners. He's a big guy, so this is going to be an ultimate test. Yeah, it's good to see that the boys have come a long way. We do have some players playing in the Europe in the uh, European leagues in the uh, well-respected leagues. Christian Pulisic plays for my favorite team, uh, Chelsea. So you know, it, it, well, it's how a come? Good hold on a second. Hold on. How come we're not talking about anybody other than Pulisic and the U.S. goalie? Where's everybody else on this team? Where are the goals going to come from going forward? Who else needs to step up in space in the box on some set pieces and help out the United States? That's a good question. I think Tim Weah, uh, this is my first time actually watching him, but he shows a lot of promise. My favorite player on the team, is uh, it's not Pulisic, actually. It's actually uh, Western McKinney. They said he's playing at about 90%, but Western McKinney, he's, uh, to me, he's proven. He's got that grit. He's got that fire. And he's honestly, I think he's the backbone. I think Christian Pulisic is the face of the U.S. team. But if you're asking me, I think – uh, Western McKinney, man, he's good. I've seen him score goals for Juventus. You know, right now mm-hmm. I think he's in uh, Milan right now. But uh, we, it's gonna take it's gonna take a collective effort. And one thing I noticed and I liked in the first half when the U.S. was playing, they played with a bunch of high energy. There was a bunch of chances. But it's same thing with the Wales game and even with the English England game. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they kind of sputter out. They get tired. They get a lot of fatigue, and uh, that's going to play a key role against these bigger opponents and these uh, mm-hmm. these uh, you know these Eastern superstars over there in Europe. So well, Vince, stay. On, you- that's a great soccer call, man. Uh, stay on hold. We got your fifty dollars Grimaldi's gift card. That's what I was looking for. Someone again. There's so many people out there listening. We see the streaming numbers. We know who's out there. Not everybody needs to call. We don't. If no one calls. We're fine. We just like to hear from some people who can bounce some ideas off of us, and that's a great soccer call as he talked about this. How about this? Plus 370, the United States versus the Netherlands. Really? 100 to win 370? Man, that's an underdog, man. That's an underdog. All right, that's good. Anybody raise your hand if you got a 50 to put down on the United States and drink some cold beer and some Bloody Marys. And and make some money. Plus 370, the current odds. They're showing the power and light district in Kansas City as fans are going crazy. So there are some pockets here in the United States where there's some massive watch parties for some fans who are having a good time. Good for you. It's a good, exciting time. I watched with my sons while they were home, and they enjoy it too. We're a family that watches the Premiership. I'm a Tottenham fan. My son's a Chelsea fan. My youngest son's a Manchester United fan. So when the games are on... You know, on a Saturday morning or so, we watch it together, and we're starting to grow here in the United States. Paul Gutierrez will join us coming up here in a few minutes as he's at all the press conferences, too. We'll get out to Raider Fish, who joins us in the Bay Area from Berkeley. What's happening, Fish? Hey, U.S. Panthers! 
You last invented, baby? Woo! It's been a long time coming, man. This is eight years, okay? We fell on our face last year. We didn't do so hot the previous World Cup, but we're in it, hopefully to win it. But I'm just ecstatic right now for two things. Uh, one, U.S. advances. Go, U.S. And, of course, the Raiders beat the Seahawks in the Evergreen State. And I was there to witness that. And I just, I'm just so elated right now, JT. I don't even have anything profound to say except two things. Raiders and U.S.A., baby! Nice. Way to go. Way to get excited here on the radio as the United States advances to the knockout round. Now, as you know, if you lose, you're out. So you're out of the tournament here. And as this new table gets set up, it's going to be fun to see who's going to be left, right? Portugal, Lionel Messi, England. Remember, there's no Italy, and it looks like Germany is going to get knocked out or is Germany going to get in. Germany's in a must-win situation. So if you told me before the start of the tournament there's an opportunity for the United States to advance and Argentina possibly not, Germany possibly not, plus there's no Italy team there, crazy thing. I, I was about to say crazier things have happened. No. Craziest thing in the world would happen is if the United States won. But if the United States can go from the Sweet 16 to the 8, that would get this country going in a big way. I'm excited, as you can tell. It's good for radio. It's good for business. It's good for our proud partners. And it's good for Vegas because we're a 24-hour town where a lot of cities around the country, especially out west, where this game starts at 7 o'clock, is not going to be open. Right, so you live in San Francisco, San Diego, and you want to go watch the game with a couple of friends. You got to find a real remote spot to go find the game here in Vegas. All the casino sports books, everybody should have a good time and enjoy the party, which is a party when the United States is playing internationally. We're thrilled about that. Monday night football. My location is Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World, right there on the Strip. There's not a bad seat at Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, the sports book is right on site, which is great. Enjoy incredible food and drink specials, followed by a really good after party. They have everything from country music, dueling pianos. It's a lot of fun. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football. Also, be sure to download the Resorts World Las Vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in Nevada. Paul Gutierrez coming up. The modern feels like it was a four-hour show today because of the energy level of the soccer game. Woo! All right. We'll wrap it up on the other side with Paul, see if he has anything new to tell us, which he usually always does, about the team as it comes together and looks for three in a row. Three in a row against the rival, the Chargers of Los Angeles, no longer San Diego. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Well, we're on Raider Nation Radio celebrating Josh Jacobs, but we're talking more importantly about USA advancing into the knockout round. What a victory over Iran. 1-0. My brother-in-law, Ed, calling in from fabulous New Paltz, New York. Ed, a beautiful victory. How'd you see the game develop? I tell you, John, I listened to your interview yesterday with Lexi, and he was 100% on. We did not need any more moral victories. We needed a win. And Pulsic drilling that goal in the first half, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Pressing forward. What a, what a great moment for USA soccer. What a, what a way to move uh, this whole group. You know, I've been following this for 30 years, and, and we're always on the cusp, always on the cusp. We got, a, we got one of the youngest teams ever. 
mm-hmm. and we put up this performance today, fantastic. What's with the struggles in the second half against Wales in this game, in this elimination game? I thought, you know, they needed two goals to win. They only needed one. Any concern from the first half and the explosive ability to what we're seeing in the second half of these games? Well, John, I know you've been watching all, all the games. Goals are hard to come by. In the USA, one of the things, we lack a goal scorer. One goal should be enough. I mean, listen, you know, our, our wonderful goalie put up two blank sheets. Mm-hmm. First, first U.S. goalie to put up two blank sheets in a World Cup. Phenomenal. If you don't give up any goals, chances are advancing are pretty good. Well, you know, if I was back in New Paltz with you and my mom and dad, your mom and dad with the nephews, I'd be watching because the game would be on at 10. They're giving it to us at 6 a.m. pregame, 7 a.m. Pacific, man. i got to get up with my Modellos early on Saturday. Well, either that or you stay up all night. <laughs> you know us out here in Vegas. Hey, congratulations. You're a former player. You love the sport. Thanks for calling in, brother. Take care, John. All right, there you go. My brother-in-law in New Paltz who calls me John which is my real name, which I don't go by on the radio. Nice to hear that. So get, good to hear from Ed there. I'm excited. I'm excited for everybody who loves soccer. And as Ed just said, I've been waiting forever for this to happen since 2010 to get there and just to have an opportunity to win. You know, the greatest soccer players in the world, in the world, dream of getting to the knockout round because they might not get out of the group. They might not get out of the group stage. And there's always a group of death, and there's these really tough groups but the United States got out with England, and I'm happy England's alive because I root for England when the United States is normally eliminated. So that'll be a lot of fun, and we'll have fun talking about it. And remember, again, to get on out to PTs on Saturday, go to happy hour that day, come back for the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our two-week by appearance with Paul Gutierrez, who joins us from ESPN. And, Paul, since I talked to you, a lot's turned around here, two in a row, both in overtime if they don't win them both in overtime, we're talking about a 2-9 and nine team here. They had to win those games. Talk about where that sets them up going into this Charger game. Yeah, I tell you what, J.T., being around this team and being around the team last year, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it feels an awful lot like that game they won in Cleveland last year, which set them on that four-game winning streak that got them into the playoffs when they were left for dead and, and you didn't think they were going to do much of it. Now, again, I'm not saying that. That they're going to the playoffs or anything like that, but but there's a feeling around this team that it's, you can feel it. You can touch it when you go in the locker room, and it's simply a matter of if a team is willing to hand you a game, take it. And they did that in Denver with with Russell Wilson for whatever reason throwing the ball away on third down. It has to do with the Seahawks getting the ball at midfield and going three and out instead of driving 15 yards or so to kick a game-winning field goal. The Raiders will take it. Um, it's not always pretty, but you know, like, like Al Davis said, it doesn't matter how pretty or well or somebody plays, all that matters is if they win. And at the end of the day, this two game winning streak, uh, doesn't salt away the, the two and seven start, but it does make them feel better going forward. And, and with their upcoming opponents, I think they're only 18 and 25 over their next four games. There's a lot of damage they can still do. Yeah, Paul, I wanted to, from a national perspective, as you cover this team nationally for ESPN, how some of the voices have changed who have covered this team, thinking and falsely not knowing about what was going on in the locker room, if the locker room was tight, what was happening with the team and the head coach. Those locker room celebrations could have quelled a lot of the negativity out there because it looked like it was real, really passionate, the celebration with the coach, the running back, the coach, the quarterback, the veterans on that team. 
It's, it's definitely real. And, and being in that locker room and having covered this team since 2005 in one way or another, what I've seen in that locker room in Denver and in Seattle is legit. And, and it's funny, you know, and it's kind of under the hood a little bit here, maybe too much inside baseball for fans that, that don't really care about what we see or, or, or how it impacts us. But two weeks ago, I had a story ready to run that basically was like, what happened to this team? How did this team fall from a 10 and 7 playoff team to a 2 and 7 team? Well, something happened on the way to that story running. They won. Then they won again. So now I had to kind of re-flip that story to say, okay, well, it, not only is it still, there's parts of that story to be told um, about how bad it was, and, and, you know, especially when we saw Derek Carr so emotional at the, at the podium after they lost the Colts, but then also see the, the highs of the past two weeks. So that story is, is due to run tomorrow, and there's some great, there's some great quotes in there that, that I've had and I haven't been able to really do anything with, but, you know, a prominent player on the team, my ass in point blank, if you Josh, if Josh McDaniels had lost the locker room, and the player told me, no, because he hadn't lost the captain. He said, if, when you lose the captain, that's when you lose the locker room. He hadn't lost the captain, and therefore they were going to believe, and they were going to keep doing it. And, you know, I had asked Josh McDaniels at the time, how fine is that line between sticking to the process and that definition of what insanity is, right, mm-hmm. of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Well, it seemed like they had a little bit of a breakthrough. Again, Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball away on third down. The Seahawks drive 15 yards. The story probably stays the same as it was two weeks ago, but it's not the season, the NFL season. Every game is a season into itself. Paul Gutierrez is our guest. Paul, what about the story being told about this offense winning in overtime without Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro? And my follow-up will be, when do they come back? Are they on time for the Rams game? What are you sensing inside this organization about getting Waller and Renfro back on the field? Yeah, it's a that that time old tradition right that, that saying of next man up and, and they're doing it and and it's, it's interesting that you can you see you see matt collins and he, and he makes some plays and he does some things but you're also seeing him kind of confused out there a lot too and even josh jacobs said the the play where he busted up broke, broke off the, the game-winning run he's looking out there and matt collins didn't know what the play was didn't know where to line up so when you get those two guys back that should settle a lot of that down but at the same time neither one of them has been a big part of this so you have to wonder about the reacclimation uh, of those two guys getting back in the lineup. Uh, on paper, it should make it better. Um, you know that Derek Carr has all the trust in the world in those two guys. So maybe that kind of eases that up. In terms of when they're coming back, I mean, we'll see when they get back out on the practice field this week, next week. It's, uh, it's you know, you're basically getting a two-for-one with uh, a home game against the Chargers and then a quote-unquote home game against the Rams in L.A. So we'll see exactly. It's time to start ramping that up. I think the guy that they would most likely be back this week though with Nate Hoff. Paul, as we wrap it up, I, I look at this game differently. I've been telling the audience today, I don't know if the Raiders could make the playoffs. I'm not talking playoffs. It's going to take a miracle on the back end here, but the Raiders could have a shot at eliminating the Chargers. If the Chargers pick up their sixth loss, they got room for one more the whole season. I think the Chargers are so erratic, they'll lose another game. And if they win this game, they'll be one step closer to the playoffs. We know they're coming in with payback. We know they got a head coach who's going to go for it on fourth down. Let's talk about this from a Charger perspective and what's at stake for that organization. Yeah, they've got to come in and just, you know, freewheel it. they got to come in and they got to play and they're injured and, you know, it's, it's, it's the Charger way, right? Is that they, they come in and they have, quote-unquote, the most talent in the division and then one by one there goes that IR list. Uh, so it, it's, it's real interesting to see exactly what they have to play for. And, and they, you know, they've got very strong memories, I'm sure, of that finale last year when all they needed was a tie. 
to get into the playoffs along with the Raiders. And uh, the Raiders said, no, we'll, we'll go by ourselves. Thanks very much. So there's a lot of payback that's going to be on the list here. You've still got the Khalil Mack uh, storyline. Uh, you know, last year when he hit the Bears, he sacked uh, Derek Carr, and he throws up an O to the stadium for Oakland, obviously. So there's, there's so many storylines here to follow besides the Chargers and the Raiders, a longtime rivalry. Uh, the Chargers being in L.A. in a stadium where Al Davis was once going to build a stadium for the Raiders. Um, it's just one of those things that they can't get lost in all those other storylines. And it's simply from the Charger perspective, they just have to come in, line up, and, and, and go toe-to-toe with the, with the team. But it's feeling really, really good about itself in the Raiders. Well, I can't resist. I went on a rant to start the show about UNLV football. You're an alumni, so I don't expect yeah. you to agree with me, but I think it's embarrassing to play in a bowl game when you have five wins and look for a waiver. I mean, to me, if you want to grow into greatness, if you want to grow into a Power Five and a respectable school that student-athletes want to play at, I, I don't see any upside in this at all. The team is broken. The coach is fired. A lot of the players played for the coach. Look, I'm not saying they won't play for an interim coach if they got a chance to play, but the game isn't going to matter. It's going to be a crap bowl game. What is the upside for UNLV if they get an opportunity to play in a bowl game? I would suppose if they got the opportunity to play in it, to, to put that on their docket. I mean, they've only been to four bowl games in their history. So, and and uh, I was a student for one of them back in 1994 when they uh-huh. Central Michigan. Um, yeah, it, it's strange to be five and seven to go to a bowl game, but if you have that opportunity, take it. And it's even stranger when the coach gets fired the same day they're painting the Fremont Canyon. Um, I thought you were going to ask me my opinion on, <laughs> on the Royal being fired. Well, let's show do that. Give us that. It's weird. Yeah. The whole thing is weird. It reminds me a lot of when they did Dave Rice dirty. And, and you know, I knew Dave Rice personally and went to school with him at UNLV. And um, to do it the way they did it was strange, unless they've really got a home run hire waiting in the wings. Um, you know, it, it's a conspiracy theory here and there when, when you talk about it. But to do it to him the way they did it, you had to cross somebody or they've got somebody waiting in the wings. Because it did yeah. seem like he was starting to build something. That losing streak down the stretch was ugly. Um, and the way they handled the quarterback situation was strange. But they beat Reno. They got the cannon back. And uh, who knows? I mean, let me, we'll just throw this out there. Uh, what if John Gruden uh, had the instant coaching in the stadium again in college? I don't think it'd be UNLV. I talk to Coach Gruden <laughs> often. I, I don't think it would be UNLV. But uh, I will yeah. see you at the game on Sunday. Big one for the silver and black. Thank you, Paul. Sounds good to see you there. You got it, Paul Gutierrez. And Paul is an alumni there. Again, I think that the timing – the way they did Marcus Arroyo, because the new AD who I've met, I don't know him well, it looked dirty to me. The kids are painting the cannon in the quad, and you whack the coach, and then you get the media out there for the cannon, so the media could have a video of the players going, I don't know, I don't know, um, I love the coach, he recruited me, he's like family to me, and that's your storyline? You don't do it that way. Wait another day, okay? Urban Meyer is walking through that door. I thought that was low rent. I thought it was terrible. I thought it's a bad look for the program. But I hope the program does well. I got friends in the program, from the great Jersey Joe Haro to Randall Cunningham, who I've known over the years. I want to see the program do well. Maybe my favorite all-time player, Steve Stallworth. I want the program to do well. I'd like to go to a UNLV game two or three times a year. But that's the way you do Marcus Arroyo. Two of his years were spent during covid where he had to do yoga with the team over Zoom and keep the team together. And that's what he gets on the way out? A lot of people are going to remember that in town. What a show today. USA, I believe that we will win. They did win. I told you they'd win. And now they're on to the Netherlands. 
Stay hot, USA. Great day. Q's on deck. Have a great day, everybody.